Hello and welcome to Great Ridge Station, a place to sit back and relax while you're waiting for your train to board. I'm your host, Sam Helgerson, and I'm pretty much a fixture around these parts. This is a special series, a field guide for Christian leaders. We're reaching back over 1,500 years to bring you a leadership classic from St. Gregory the Great, a week-by-week look at timeless wisdom from the past. Thanks for stopping in on your way through. Book 2, Chapter 7, Tend to Your Responsibilities As I've said many times in many contexts, leadership is not for the faint of heart. This week, St. Gregory brings us face-to-face with distraction. There are a lot of good things in life that can easily overshadow better and more important things. The Field Guide for Christian Leaders A leader must not neglect his responsibilities in favor of outside concerns, but he must not neglect outside concerns when they might impact his field of responsibility. A leader must tend to his responsibilities. Don't lose sight of those responsibilities when you need to see to outside concerns. If you're not careful, two things can happen. You can get distracted and abandon the things you care about most deeply, or you can focus completely on those inner care about so much that you neglect the needs of others. It's easy for some of us to forget that we are here for the sake of the souls of our brothers and sisters, and get absorbed by secular concerns. Some will love doing those things, and they're constantly seeking them out. Why? Well, they love hard work and being worn out by activity, and they labor at early business because busy is good. The problem is that they forget the inner workings of the soul, the very things that they should be teaching to others. They numb their own hearts to the things of God and then marvel that those under their care are numb and lack spiritual fervor. Those under their care want to grow in their faith, but the example of their leader has become a stumbling block to them. When the head falters, the rest of the body will fail to thrive, No army will pursue its enemies if the leader suddenly goes wrong. When you're distracted from your primary role of tending the flock, your example will trump your words. Nothing you can say will strengthen their minds, and no rebuke will correct their faults. They've lost sight of the light of truth, because when their leader is occupied with earthly pursuits, temptation has blinded the eyes of the church. To guard against this, the Redeemer of the human race said, But watch yourselves, so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness. But he immediately added, Or with the care of this life, so that it does not come upon you suddenly. It's a clear warning that it will come on everyone on the whole face of the earth. Remember, no one can serve two masters. This is why Paul urged Timothy that no soldier gets involved with civilian pursuits, since his goal is to please the one who enlisted him. To the leaders of the church, he says, So if you have trivial cases, why do you bring them to those who have no standing in the church? That is, those who have no spiritual gifts should focus on earthly things. In other words, they have nothing to offer to the church. Let them keep busy with earthly concerns that they are equipped for. Moses 
who spoke for God was advised by Jethro, an outsider, not to focus on people's earthly concerns, but appoint others to deal with those trivial strifes. This freed Moses to focus on learning spiritual truths and using them to instruct the people. People want day-to-day -day concerns handled by the leaders that are most highly regarded, but at the same time, the leader must be able to focus on the goal and move forward. The leader is the head of the followers, and you can't follow a straight course if your focus is downward. This bends the body from its uprightness and causes one to bow down toward the earth. How can a leader have a clear conscience and help his fellow leaders if he spends all his time on earthly cares, the same cares that he is to help people rise above? This is the problem that the Lord justly rebuked in Hosea 4.9. The priests are just like the people. The one who holds a spiritual office acts just like the others, and all are under judgment for, for pursuing fleshly desires. When the prophet Jeremiah considered the destruction of the temple, he said, Ah, how the gold has grown dim, how the pure gold is changed. The holy stones lie scattered at the head of the street. Lamentations 4.1 the gold signifies an excellence in holiness, and the dimness shows how religion has dimmed and is no longer a beautiful thing. The stones of the sanctuary refer to persons in sacred service. Jeremiah mentions the streets to refer to this present life, and the Greek word means broad and spacious. Jesus himself said that a broad and spacious is the way that leads to destruction. Gold becomes dim when a holy life is polluted by worldly doings. The color is changed when those who had a reputation for righteous living spoil that reputation when their misdeeds become known. When someone with a habit of holiness gets mixed up with worldly cares, it is though his color is changed. His reverence that he used to hold disappears. The stones of the sanctuary are poured out into the street when those who should have been pursuing the holy things of the tabernacle are instead drawn to the broad and spacious road of secular things. These people were made stones of the sanctuary and were to grace the vestments of the great high priest within the Holy of Holies. When a minister of religion does not merit the Redeemer's honor, the sanctuary stones lie scattered through the streets. Holy people pursuing their own gain, honor, and pleasures. It says that the stones are scattered at the head of every street. Because even in earthly matters, they want to be seen as people of power and influence. They occupy the broad places in their own selfish pursuits, but always at the head of the street using their holiness as a way to get to the top. Those stones lie scattered at the head of the streets when men of the cloth prefer the things of earth. There's nothing wrong with secular activities, but when a love for the secular things themselves takes over, they weigh down the man of God and sink him from heavenly places to the lowest of places. Now, on the other hand, there are some who are called to care for the flock, but they take so much time with their own spiritual concerns that they cannot be bothered with anything else. They ignore everything but spiritual needs and cannot serve the needs of others. Their preaching is mocked because while they find fault with sinful actions, they have no compassion for the person or for his needs. Doctrine cannot penetrate where physical need is too great. The only way to the heart is through the hand of compassion. 
the seed of the word can flourish where the kindness and compassion of the preacher waters and breaks up the hard soil. If the flock won't respond to your preaching, maybe it's because they don't think you care. You've never tried to show them real-life kindness. Peter, the first pastor, points this out with clarity and credibility when he says, So I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Peter kindly warns pastors to tend to the needs of the flock and kill personal ambition. This is the only way to keep people from fasting from the bread of righteousness while indulging in the flesh. Paul was reminding pastors of this fact when he said, if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for the member of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. He said this to remind them to show kindness and compassion at home. While they're occupied with the pressures of ministry, they dare not be distracted from tending to their own flock. Showing kindness to those outside can make love turn cold, particularly love toward those closest to us. Scattered by activity, we can forget that we are called to feed and tend souls. Kindness toward others must be measured with wisdom. As God said to Ezekiel, the priest shall not shave their heads or let their locks grow long. They shall surely trim the hair of their heads. Priests were the ones who provided sacred guidance, but the hair outside of the head are the thoughts of the mind, and since they spring from the brain, they denote the cares of the present life. We're not always aware of the thoughts that spring up without necessarily feeling them. This shows that we ought to have anxieties, but they should not be the most obvious thing about us. This is why priests are forbidden to shave their heads or let their hair grow long, so that they don't cut themselves off from the thoughts of the flesh, so that they cannot understand the life of the people that they lead, nor let those thoughts grow too much. They trim their hair so that the cares of life extend as far as need requires. By this, God provides wise care for the body so that others can likewise be cared for, but not over-cared for and not neglected. The priest's hair covers the skin, but it is not so long that it covers the eyes. And now, it's time to stand before the Mirror of Truth. And there you have it. A couple of thoughts. Again, we have an ancient saint using the Bible in ways that are completely alien to us. In our modern, logical world, it's okay to say, I would not use scripture that way and still learn from St. Gregory. I hope you will hear two things, his heart for God and his heart for others. So here St. Gregory addresses a significant problem. We think it's a modern problem, but apparently it goes way back. It's really the question of managing time and managing oneself. We all deal with it, but the ancient advice seems to be the best. Develop the self-discipline to keep your focus sharp. Thanks for joining us at Great Ridge Station. As the train boards and rolls on to its next destination, we hope you found your time here helpful. 
The paraphrase of St. Gregory's work, along with supporting content, was developed by Dr. Sam Helgerson. As always, our sound engineer is Brick Martin. The opening music is from Guy Lombardo, Down by the River. And the closing music is from Javier Cugat, Brazil. Great Ridge Station is a service of Great Ridge Group, LLC. Stay with us on this. We're eagerly awaiting your next visit to Great Ridge Station.